0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and craziest side of tech available on the interwebs. I am your gaming addict, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, a Galaxy Fold user complains about a crease and poor user experience. Check out my review of Angry Birds VR, Isle of Pigs for the PlayStation VR. And happening in this week's What The... A Lamborghini driver tries to show off his $500,000 ride and ends up crashing it into a brick wall. I kid you not, I'll show you that and a whole lot more coming up on today's edition of your Weekly Tech Update, next. Hi everyone. One leaker who claims to have gotten their hands on the new Samsung Galaxy Fold has shared some uh, important details on what to expect and it sounds pretty troubling for a $2,000 smartphone. Speaking to Samsung tracking site Sam Mobile, the leaker notes that the Galaxy Fold will not fold completely flat. When the device is in its folded state, according to the leaker, there's a gap near the hinge. The person likened it to the look of a binder. When the Galaxy Fold is open, there's a clearly visible crease that separates the two sides of the device. However, when both screens, are on and brightness is set to 70% or higher, the person said that the crease is nearly invisible to see. That said, when the person was moving their finger over the crease, it was clearly felt, even when the screen was open as wide as it would go. Whether coincidence or not, Samsung Today published a video of its own showing the durability testing process for the Galaxy Fold. While a statement accompanying the video stressed the amount of rigorous testing that the Galaxy Fold must go through, it didn't address reports of a visible crease. In addition to that issue, there have been some concerns in leaked videos with how quickly Samsung software can recognize that the phone's state has been changed from a closed single screen state to an open dual screen state. According to the leaker, there's a delay in apps recognizing the shift from one display to another that, in some cases, can last a few seconds. Of course, the external display can be used independently of the internal display, and according to the leaker, will allow for a full smartphone experience that lets you use apps, play games, and more uh, when it's folded and closed. You can also create two home pages on either screen and have different apps quickly accessible. On the performance side, the person told Sam Mobile you shouldn't expect much of a difference in the way the device works compared to the current Galaxy S10, since both will be running the same Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 processor. The person didn't mention performance of the handset's cameras and other features, but uh, you would imagine they're going to be on par as well. The Galaxy Fold is slated to hit store shelves on April 26th, which means the clock is ticking. With less than a month to go, Samsung will need to address these lag issues fast and assure users that the crease won't be an issue for its nearly $2,000 price tag. Nintendo is working on two new versions of the Switch that could be released as soon as this summer. That's according to a report in the Wall Street Journal. One of the models is said to be a cheaper variant, while the other device reportedly has enhanced features targeted at avid gamers, or hardcore gamers. The cheaper model will omit the vibration feature, suggesting that it won't have detachable Joy-Con controllers at all. It's said to be seen as a successor to the 3DS. Reported earlier this year, Nintendo was planning to release a smaller Switch with a focus on portability. The report doesn't have any firm details on the higher-end model, but one source implied there was more to the revision than a simple performance boost. Even so, There's clear room for improvement in that regard. The Switch uses a four-year-old NVIDIA processor, and if NVIDIA were to get back into mobile chip development for Nintendo, it could make major gains in power and efficiency. The Wall Street Journal says the new Switch hardware is likely to be announced sometime during E3 in June bioengineered blood vessels are one step closer to being available for patients. In clinical trials, these vessels were installed in the arms of dialysis patients and successfully integrated into their circulatory systems. Now, researchers reported online March 27th in Science Translational Medicine, the new blood vessels, which eventually host the patient's own cells after implantation, Are designed to be safer and more effective than the current options. Traditional implants composed of synthetic polymers or donor tissue are liable to trigger inflammation or immune system rejection. Hundreds of thousands of people in the U.S. alone require blood vessel implants for dialysis. These bioengineered vessels could help not only those patients, but also people who have lost blood vessels through tumor removal or even injury," says Christopher Buer, director of the Center for Regenerative Medicine at Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus, Ohio in the States, who was not involved in the work, by the way. Heather Pritchard, a biomedical engineer, created each blood vessel by seeding a biodegradable polymer tube, first with vascular cells from a deceased donor. Now, inside a bioreactor tank that supplied the vascular cells with nutrients, these cells multiplied and secreted proteins that formed an intercellular network. This is so exciting. After eight weeks, the polymer scaffold had broken down, and the researchers stripped the donor cells from the remaining protein tube, leaving no living material behind. The vessel, about six millimeters across, was then implanted into the patient, where the patient's own cells gradually migrated into the tube. Think of this as an apartment building without any tenants. It's an empty space for the patient's cells to come in and oxygen occupy. occupy once the protein tube is implanted. The team tested its vessels in 60 patients who needed dialysis for kidney disease, a process that involves filtering a patient's blood through a machine. The procedure requires implanting a large extra vessel in the arm to serve as a circulatory detour of sorts, feeding blood into the dialysis machine. Now, The newly engineered blood vessels didn't trigger any significant immune reactions in any of those 60 patients. Tissue samples from 13 of the participants revealed that the vessels had matured within one to two years after implantation. The new vessels also became covered in microvessels that supplied oxygen and nutrients to the implant. The researchers are now testing their vessels' effectiveness compared with that of a synthetic alternative in a clinical trial involving hundreds of patients. If you haven't noticed, I absolutely love virtual reality, and it's finally happening. More than two years after its launch, the sci-fi exploration game No Man's Sky is coming to virtual reality. It'll be available as part of a free update this summer on the PlayStation VR and Steam VR. I guess it's not a huge surprise, but all of the team here is in love with everything sci-fi, developer Hello Games explained in a blog post. Virtual reality feels like a little science fiction becoming real, and has always seemed like a perfect fit for this futuristic game of ours. The new VR option won't have a separate game mode. Instead, you'll be able to play the entire game as it currently exists in virtual reality by bringing full VR support for free to the millions of players already playing the game. No Man's Sky will become perhaps the most-owned VR title when released, which is weird to think about, says Hello. The team is working so hard to live up to the expectations of the very first trailer of this game. We are excited for that moment when millions of players will suddenly update and be able to set foot on their home planets and explore the intricate bases they have built in virtual reality for the very first time. The new VR support is part of the recently announced Beyond update for the game, which features three key components. The first will offer a radical new online multiplayer experience for the game, while the second is VR. The third pillar of the update has yet to be revealed. Though it had a bit of a rocky launch, developer Hello Games has steadily improved No Man's Sky since its 2016 debut, adding things like multiplayer support, base building, new underwater worlds, and alien archaeology. Meanwhile, the studio also recently announced its next game, a smaller, a much smaller scale apparently experience, called The Last Campfire. Tesla's bioweapon defense mode might have nothing on what Jaguar Land Rover does to fight pathogens. The British automaker is exploring the use of ultraviolet light to kill bacteria, viruses, and allergens in the cabin. The air conditioning system inside future vehicles would blast the unwanted organisms with medical-grade UVC light, breaking down the intruder's DNA and rendering it harmless. While the approach wouldn't guarantee good health, it could minimize the chances of catching easily spread illnesses like the cold or flu. Jaguar Land Rover even claims that it could reduce the spread of antibiotic-resistant superbugs. Unfortunately, there's a catch. The company hasn't said how close it is to completing an aircon system with UVC built in, let alone shipping it inside a production car. You may not want to count on buying an iPace or Evoke that sterilizes the air just yet. With that said, though, it may be more a question of when than if. It's that much easier to sell a car if you can reduce the chances that a sick passenger will infect everyone else electric propulsion may be coming to commercial flights sooner than many thought. On the heels of a partnership between Magni X, an electric aviation company, and Harbor Air, North America's largest seaplane airline, comes the announcement of a plan to convert the seaplanes in Harbor Air's fleet into electric vehicles by swapping in MagniX's 750-horsepower all-electric motor for conventional gas engines. As news of the air disasters dominate the headlines this month, it's a welcome bit of bright news for the aviation industry. Aviation currently contributes 12 percent of all U.S. carbon emissions and 4.9 percent globally. Modified harbor airplanes will compose the world's first completely electric commercial seaplane fleet. The converted planes will have zero reliance on fossil fuels and produce zero Emissions. Harbor Air first demonstrated its commitment to sustainability by becoming the first fully carbon neutral airline in North America back in 2007. Harbor Air says we are excited to bring commercial electric aviation to the Pacific Northwest, turning our seaplanes into e planes. Just last year, people were talking about a huge interest in electric aviation following the European Commission's Flight Path 2050 guidelines. Electric airplane engines are the most viable way to achieve those goals, and that spurred private industry development, with companies like Magni X racing to be first to bring commercial electric aviation retrofit options to the market. The first adoption cases will target middle route flights of uh, 1,000 miles or less, which tend to be less economical for airlines to operate. Electric engines should reduce operating costs significantly. Currently, fuel accounts for 30 to 50 percent of aviation operating costs. And a price increase of just one penny per gallon equates to about $200 million spent by airlines in the U.S. on fuel per year. Now Harbor Air operates routes between hubs like Seattle and Vancouver in the Pacific Northwest, serving more than 500,000 passengers on 30,000 commercial flights each year. The company will start by converting a six-passenger commercial aircraft called the DHC-2. Test flights will begin late this year. And time for your weekly tech update, game review. We're talking Angry Birds VR, Isle of Pigs for the PlayStation VR. Last week on the program, we talked about Angry Birds, Isle of Pigs, augmented reality that they came out with for your smartphone. Now they've come out with Angry Birds VR, Isle of Pigs for the PlayStation VR. It's already been out for the Oculus and the Vive for quite some time and uh, possibly some standalone headsets as well, I'm not quite sure. But now we get to experience it on the PlayStation, and and I had to check it out. If you've ever played Angry Birds on your phone before, not even the augmented reality version, just the old uh, original version, it's kind of one of those uh, time-wasting games. It could be quite addictive, There's not a lot to it, but it's uh, quite entertaining at the same time, and it's good to jump in and play for 10 or 15 minutes when you have the spare time, but you don't want to get into a hardcore game. I suspect this is going to be the same, but let's check it out for ourselves. First, I'm going to take a look at the options here, which we don't have much. Vibration, music, sound, controls menu, reset camera, button slingshot. Okay, easy enough. It seems to be Angry Birds, just you're in the universe now instead of looking on a 2D screen, which could be quite entertaining and give you a little bit of a better perspective. All right, so let's let's do this because we can move around now, right? Yeah, look at that. And just like uh, all the other Angry Bird games, it looks to get harder and harder as we go. Now we have TNT in there. Because this is PlayStation VR, I can move a little bit around. Ooh, and move quite a bit closer. Look at that. That's pretty cool. All right, well, let's see what we can do here. Let's let's get these guys in here. Yes! As you can see, it's quite a bit of fun. If you've ever played Angry Birds, it's the same experience. Just in a 360 degree view. What's that over there? Oh. Ah, look at that. We can move around. That's very cool. Okay, let's try to chip away there, shall we? Oh, okay, one more. Yes! As you progress, you have to figure out your strategy. All of a sudden, you don't have enough birds to be able to take all of the structures down and you have to figure out how to make one go crashing into another to complete the level. One of the things I've always liked about the Angry Birds series is the physics. The the real-world physics and how things fall and how things fly through the air and gravity affects them. It's all very compelling and makes you want to play that much more to experience the different variety of birds and what they're all capable of. As far as the graphics go, this is uh, on par with the very good, clean, smooth games of the PlayStation VR. It's fairly clear, it's bright, it's cartoony. Those always seem to work better in virtual reality than going for the photorealism. And it's Angry Birds. If you've ever played it, it's exactly that. You're just in the universe and you don't have to look through a TV screen. Sound, again, exactly the same as uh, all of the other Angry Birds that we've played on the various other devices. There is 3D spatial sound, so you can turn your head. It does get louder in your right or left ear, depending on which direction you're looking away from everything. That is kind of cool. And as far as age goes, I would say all players of all ages are able to play this game. Now, word of warning, Sony says no one under the age of 12 should don a VR headset. I I think that's more of a safety issue as we really don't know the long-term effects of a developing mind or eyes if they use VR too often. Now, I have a seven-year-old and I will let her play this game, but for no more than probably 30 minutes at a stint and only one time within a day. Anything more than that is probably overkill for her developing eyes. And of course, doing anything too much is probably gonna hurt your eyes, especially if the screen is a couple inches away from them. I would not recommend their mobile version, but the VR version is absolutely entertaining. Available to all ages and a little bit addictive as well. It makes you stress your brain to figure out the right strategy to topple these towers and get to the next level. And of course, for any guy that likes destruction, this game is awesome. It's like destroying the Lego house that you took so long to build without actually having to put the time in to build it. Now, as far as the time it's gonna take you to compete with this game, Uh, it's only going to take you about an hour and a half or so if you rush right through it. If you're picky about going back and getting 100% on each level, well, maybe it's going to take you a bit longer, but ultimately, it's not that long of a game, and the developers do want to have more than 100 levels in here before too long. Angry Birds VR Isle of Pigs for the PlayStation VR gets three out of five stars for not really bringing anything new to the table and for being painfully short. It's available for $14.99 on the PlayStation Store and available for other VR headsets, too. And finally, happening in this week's What The a Lamborghini driver tries to show off and crashes into a brick wall. A Lamborghini driver showing off his $500,000 sports car to a crowd of onlookers lost control of the supercar and crashed it headfirst into a brick wall, destroying the thing. Two drivers were lined up on a public road in the back streets of London to show off their Lamborghinis. The hurricane performance pulls up in front of the crowd who pull their phones out in anticipation of capturing footage for social media. However, as the hurricane accelerates away, the vehicle quickly spins out of control, mounting the curb and sliding into a tree, and a brick wall. The crowd rushed to the scene to capture the carnage and check to see if the driver was okay. Following the incident, the driver was seen in tears. Well, of course he would be, as his half 1000000 dollars prized vehicle is smashed up and unable to be driven. The bonnet, which is the hood in the U.S., by the way, was crushed and the boot, which is the trunk in the U.S., was completely torn apart after slamming into the tree. A spectator told the Evening Standard everyone was shocked and worried for the driver. The Hurricane performance goes from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in only 2.9 seconds and it reaches 200 kilometers an hour in 8.9 seconds. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think we should feature on the program, send me an email gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your Weekly Tech Update, and check out the podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, AudioBurst, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world. Your weekly tech update brought to you by Holiday Home Care, Phillip Island, Victoria, Australia. It's your turn to relax. Before you get on holiday on the island, contact Holiday Home Care. We can set up your residence or holiday rental, do the shopping for you, provide linen and towels, and make sure it's all ready by the time you get here, giving you more time to enjoy what Phillip Island has to offer. For more information, visit HolidayHomeCarePI.com or email HolidayHomeCarePI at gmail.com.